0: Good morning, you may take a seat. Can I just say you're all looking fabulous this morning, got your winter woolies on, put a bit of deodorant on, because you knew you'd be sitting next to somebody this morning. You know what, since rain has gone, you have to have good hygiene again now people, because you can, you know, 1.5 and that's got nothing to do with my message, but you know, a little bit of something, something. I hope you are well, I hope that you're embracing this winter season I pulled out this this morning cuz I thought it looked nice and warm and bright cuz sometimes winter isn't the favorite season. Anybody else winter is like Pfft, for you? Yeah, right. Well, when you find nice winter warm clothes it kind of helps the mood a little bit. So, I hope you are excited to be here at Civic this morning. It is always an absolute privilege and honor for any of us who get to stand up here and preach the word of God. And my heart this morning is, is that you wouldn't hear my words, but you would hear the words of your heavenly Father who loves you, who cares about, who has a great plan and future for your life who has a word in season just for you this morning. So can I encourage you to lean in and hear the words of your heavenly Father this morning. Amen. Amen. This morning, we're going to look at a scripture that comes from Psalms. And if you know much about Psalms, a lot of the Psalms are written by a man called David. If you know he was in our modern day time, we'd probably call him Davo. So this morning we're going to hear a psalm of David. And the psalm comes from Psalm 32, verse 8. And I'm reading from the New International Version or the NIV. And this is one of the psalms of David. It says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. I'm going to read that again and just really listen. I will, I will instruct and teach you In the way you should go, I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. When we read this, we should be filled with a hope, knowing that there is someone out there that wants to instruct us and teach us in the way that we should go. Someone is there who wants to counsel us with their loving eye on us great encouragement this morning. And and when I read those words, teach us in your way you should go. I think of like a path. We all have a path that God has set out for each and every single one of us. A way, a path. Did anybody ever go bushwalking or like bushwalking at all? We did a lot of bushwalking when we were kids and I absolutely hated it. I've got to be honest, I hated it. We'd go Camping, five of us in a caravan or a tent. But anyway, I look back now, and the adventures we went on were absolutely fantastic. Anyway, we were on this bushwalking trip uh, this one day, and we used to do. Um, it was like we were in primary school, and we used to do quite long bushwalks. Anyway, this one day, uh, I can't remember where we were, but we were camping. We'd gone on this bushwalk. Anyway, it was one of those ones that you wind up the side of a mountain. Anyway, we'd been probably walking for about an hour and all of a sudden we noticed that there was like this tree that had fallen over the path. Now, it was not an option to turn around and go back the other way. We were going to conquer this path and so we could see the path above that we needed to get to and so there was like all this foliage and roughage. Can we have the picture up because I need the picture visual as I'm talking about the bush, here we go, beautiful, serene bush. Anyway, there was like this scrub that you had to, we had to like go through um, to get up to the path. And we'd seen some people in front of us that had navigated their way up. So we thought, yep, sweet, we got this. We're going to rummage our way through this foliage back to get back onto the path. So anyway... Dad goes first, calls us all up. We're going through this foliage, this thick scrub, up to the path, and we're like, yeah, we made it. So good. When all of a sudden, this intense pain and itch started coming through our body. This plant here is called the Gimpy Gimpy. And if you have ever encountered the Gimpy Gimpy before, you will know what I'm talking about. And so you don't think I'm over-exaggerating, let me tell you what it actually says, defined the gimpy gimpy Bush as, it is, I'm not making this up. It is notorious for its extremely painful sting, which may leave victims suffering for weeks or even months. Researchers at the University of Queensland recently discovered that the plant produces a neurotoxin similar to that of a spider or cone snail. Isn't this exciting? It is reputed to be the most venomous plant in Australia, if not the world. After contact with the plant, the victim will feel an immediate severe burning and stinging at the site of contact, which then intensifies further over the next 20 to 30 minutes and will last from hours to several days before subsiding. During this time, the victim may get little sleep due to the intensity of the pain. So here we are, All of a sudden this intense pain on that bare skin that we'd been walking and we hurried the rest of that track to get back to camp and we got back there. We had no idea what was going on but then we could hear noise from other campsites of people who were also in this intense pain only to find out this stinking, gimpy, gimpy bush had stung us all on this bushwalk. It had taken us off the path that we should have been following, and we found ourselves stinging. Can I say for the rest of that time that we were away, our saying was, just stay on the path. Just stay on the path. And my message this morning is called, stay the path. Stay the path. This uh, psalm that we looked at before was written, By a man called David. And if you do some research, scholars aren't entirely sure whether they're saying David is saying to us to follow him in the way we should go, or if he's referring to God to follow God in the way we should go. But if you look at it, it doesn't really matter which way we look, whether it is God speaking or whether it is David speaking. Because David and God can both teach us and inform us the way we should go to live this path that God has for us, for us to stay on this path. And so this morning, we're going to have a look at Davo's life to encourage us and show us how to stay this path, how to stay this path that God uniquely has for us. Are you ready? Ready? When we look at David's life, and I'll give you a snapshot of his life in a minute. But in David's life, you'll see it in Psalms and you can read about it in 1 Samuel and 2 Samuel. David's life is filled with much pain, much sorrow, much joy, much highlight. It's like the roller coaster, much like our lives, right? And so the first thing that we've got to remember when staying the path, looking at David, is the path isn't always easy or clear. The path isn't always easy, clear. Sometimes it can be rocky. I remember a couple of, um, I think it was last year, I was going on a walk with some friends and we thought we'd find a new path that was on a map. <laughs> I don't think anyone had walked the path for months, probably years. The grass was overgrown. It was rocky. We had to go down these embankments. We had to jump fences. We had to do the The path was not clear at all. We even had to get through a creek bed. That was interesting. But when we look at David's life, there was ups and downs. I'm going to give you a snapshot of David's life. When David was a kid, he got to hang out with the sheep. He got to look after them in the field and he got to write really cool songs to God and that's what many of the Psalms are, is actually his songs of praise to God. Then at the age of 15, while he was hanging out with his sheep, this random man called Samuel and his dad rock up and say, hey you're the chosen one, you're going to be king. Not all your good-looking brothers, they're not called, but you are. And then he went back to looking after his sheep. Then the king called Saul heard of his amazing music and so asked him to come and join him in his house, a bit of a highlight. And then one day while he was out on his Uber Eats trip to his brothers out on the battlefield, he saw that they were all, uh, you know, worried and upset. So he got out a little slingshot and a rock and killed a giant, you know, just another day of work for him. And then this guy Saul, the king, starts getting threatened by him because he's so encouraged in God and and sees he's a powerful guy that he actually decides he wants to kill him. So David then has to run away. He has to go into hiding and he he becomes like a a, a Robin Hood kind of guy. He becomes an outlaw essentially. And then as times change, Saul goes and he becomes king and then he has an, uh, a, he becomes an adulterer and then he becomes a murderer and then he's a warrior and then he's an empire builder and is all. It's all part of his life, this ups and downs of life. So, and there's four D's this morning that I want to look at that really go with that this path isn't easy or clear and I think that's disappointments, distractions, detours and doubts disappointments, distractions, doubts and detours. and the truth is sometimes we don't even realize we've wandered off the path. We get distracted or the disappointment or the doubt takes us off the path that God has for us. Disappointments when things don't seem to go the way that we expected them to. I'm sure that when David was 15 years old and Samuel anoints him, he never thought the journey to become king would be such a rocky one. He never thought a man would want to kill him so he would have to run away and and be an outlaw. But church for us today, we have disappointments. We have things in our life that come our way that are unexpected, that we don't plan The disappointments, the distractions. We have so many distractions today. So many things of the world vying for our attention, wanting us to go their way, see their things. And I think this is one of the the biggest ones that we don't even realise that we've gone off the path. We slowly start to move away because of these distractions. Distractions. Maybe it's doubts. Maybe when the disappointments come or, or something else happens, we have those doubts and we question, God, do you even love me? God, do you even care about me? God, really, is salvation, like, really, God? When all this stuff is going on in the world, when the cares of the world take us in and we, and we get those doubts, can I tell you, church, Life was never meant to be easy or we never were promised that it would be easy. God says in his words, you will have trials of many kinds, but we can take hope and joy because he is with us, guiding us with his loving eye upon us. But we've got to be able to admit and be okay with there's going to be disappointments. There's going to be distractions, there's going to be detours, there's going to be doubts. I find probably one of the biggest ones for me is I just can so easily get distracted. Get distracted by the carrots. oh shivers, nearly fell over. That would have been fun for you all, any nurses or doctors here to help strap my ankle? <laughs> that was a distraction wasn't it? There we go. There's an illustration for you. Maybe I shouldn't walk around as much. (laughs) Um, And now I've totally forgot. Oh, yes. I was going to tell you one of my weaknesses. I just get so distracted by the things of the world. What's going on in society? What's going on even in someone else's life? Social media, we can get so caught up in everything that's going on and we don't realise until something happens. They're like, oh, hang on. God, am I still going the way that you would desire me to? And God is so loving and he's so kind and he's never there going, come on. He's not an angry God. He is a just God and he is a good God and he always is there lovingly bringing us back. And David, I believe, shows us how we can stay this path, how we can learn, how we can teach. And it's being people after God's heart. It's as simple as that. If we don't want to be distracted or disappointed or let the detours take us off the path, we have to be people who hunger and search after God's heart. And in Scripture twice it reads that David was a man after God's heart. This is what Samuel actually declared over his life when he first uh, anointed him at 15. And it says in the Bible, "The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart." That was in 1 Samuel 13 and 14. See, being and searching after God's heart doesn't mean we're going to be perfect doesn't mean we're always going to get it right. But David was called a man after God's own heart because he knew God was his rock and his fortress. He knew he could have courage in God in the battles. Why was he a man after God's heart? Because he knew God was his shepherd. He knew God cared for him. He knew when he's out there with the sheep, no one else around but the sky. He knew God was with him. How else the Lord was his light and his salvation. He knew that God would never leave him or forsake him, no matter what was happening in his life, whether he was fleeing for his life, whether he was in the king's castle, it doesn't matter. He knew that he was his light and his salvation. God David wasn't a man after God's heart because of his qualifications. David was still a sinner just like you and me. He made mistakes. But what qualifies him as a man after God's heart was where he ran to. He didn't run away from God, but he went humbly back to God with a repentant heart and spirit saying, God, I know that wasn't the best in my life, but I know you still love me. I know you still care for me. And church, that's what we need to do. We don't need to lean out and run the other way, but we need to run to the arms of our Saviour. Run to the arms of a Saviour who loves and cares about each of us so, so much. He is an all-loving, all-knowing God. And He wants to teach us and guide us. And not fall back and, and fall back to our own desires, our own distractions. How do we do this? How do we know his heart of this all-loving God? I believe David showed us in the beginning of his life. He consumed himself with God. He consumed himself with God, church. Consume Do you understand what the word consume means? If you've ever seen a fire, an all-consuming fire, it is everything. Everything, which means spending time with him, getting to know his character, getting to know how he thinks about you what He dreams for you, what He understands about you, how uniquely He has made you. Consuming. But it should never be under compulsion. It never should be because we have to, because it should be because we know that there is a God who loves us and cares about us. But how are we going to get to know that? How are we going to get to know His heart? unless we spend time with Him. Because we easily get distracted. We easily get disappointed. We easily find the detours where God says, would you just come? Would you just come open before me with all the disappointments, with all the distractions, from all the heartbreak, from all the hurt, and get to know me. That no matter what goes on, He is there. Can I have the team, please? I'm not sure this morning where you are on this path and journey that God has for your life. Maybe you've even been distracted by someone else's path. And you look and, you know, we have the green. The grass is always greener on the other side. Maybe you're looking at somebody else's path and thinking, why can't I be on their path? Because God has a unique path for you. And He wants to teach you and guide you with His loving eye on you the way that you should go. Maybe you're here this morning and you've only just started on this incredible journey with God. And you're learning His love for you and His care for you and His concern for you. And that is awesome. Maybe this morning you've just been reminded that, hang on, what path am I actually on? Am I on a path after God's own heart or have I started to maybe be distracted by what I think I should be doing? Maybe you've been disappointed. Maybe there's just a heavy weight on your heart this morning in disappointment. Can I tell you, God is still with you. God is still guiding you. Even though that path might look dark, He's still there with you. He's guiding every step of that path for you. He says to you this morning, don't fear, don't worry, for I'm still with you on the path, even when it looks dark, even when it looks scary, even when there's fear, He's still there guiding and teaching and loving. This morning, wherever we are on the journey of life, staying the path, we can take hope in God. And I want to leave us with this incredible verse from Isaiah 43.2. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned The flames will not set you ablaze. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Take heart this morning, church. Lean into the Father this morning. It doesn't matter where our path takes us through the waters, through the rivers, through the fire, He is with us. He is guiding us. But let's have hearts that are running after Him. Let's be determined to be people of praise. I love what Jen was saying this morning about using our words of praise to declare things over our situations, over our lives. The power of praise, church. Never Let us never get so comfortable with, oh yeah, it's God. There's power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. Do you believe it this morning? Or is the name of Jesus just another thing that we hear? There is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in coming before God humbly and broken. He meets us right where we are at. Let's stand this morning and pray as we close. Father, we just thank You this morning that we can come and just ultimately spend time with You, put time aside to come and gather with the family here at Civic God and lean into what You would have to say ultimately, God. That's why we're here, God. But God, this morning, I pray that You will just again remind us that You do have an incredible plan and purpose for each of our lives, God. And we're so thankful for that. But God, this morning, remind us, remind us what it is, God, to set our eyes on the path before that You would have for us, God. That we would not be distracted, God. That we wouldn't let the disappointment and the hurts and the fears make us run away from you, God, but run further to you on that path, God, God. That we wouldn't let the detours take us away, God, from your awesome, awesome plan, God. God, this morning I pray. That we would be people who seek after your heart above everything else, God. God, I pray it for myself this morning, God. Above everything else, we would seek you and you alone. Because as we seek you, God, that peace that overwhelms, that love that completes, that joy that fulfills God can only come from you, God. That when we walk through the waters, You're there, God. That when it feels like the fire, we still know You're there. When it feels dark on the path, God, our hope is in You, God. Thank You for Your hope-filled words this morning, God. That we will leave here this morning feel encouraged by You, Father. Our awesome Dad. Our incredible friend. And we thank You for it in Your Name. Amen. Amen. Hope you have an incredible day. Have a fantastic week. And uh, we're going to finish with one last song.